this is how this is medicine. The way that they meet the demands of the rising, you know, escalate of cardiovascular disease is by building a bigger wing, so they could do more bypass surgeries. They're not answering the question: What is causing cardiovascular disease in the first place, and how do we prevent that? And that really is really at the root of functional medicine, because that's what functional medicine is looking for: the root cause, or I should say, causes (plural) that contribute to disease. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Holistic Navigator Podcast, where we believe in the body's capacity for self-healing if it's given the proper nutrients and care it deserves. My name is Brian Strickland, I'm the producer of the show, and here with me in the studio, as always, is our host, Ed Jones. On today's episode, we've got another great guest for you. We are talking to Dr. Douglas Pucci, who is a functional medicine doctor in New Jersey. The root of his treatment philosophy is really about asking relevant questions and discovering why symptoms are imbalanced. He's interested in getting into the root cause of a health issue instead of just treating the symptoms, which is what makes him so unique. So we're going to talk to him a little today about his practice and why functional medicine is such an important part of what we're doing today. So I won't waste any more of your time. Let's go ahead and get the show started. Here is your host, Mr. Ed Jones. Thank you, Brian, for that introduction and for the Holistic Navigator. And we are excited again. I know I use that word quite often, but if there's one word that I've probably mentioned more often in the 90 plus episodes of the Holistic Navigator is probably the word functional medicine or functional nutrition. And today I have an amazing gentleman that is going to be joining us that is going to be sharing his extreme uh, experience and knowledge of how he interacts and treats patients using the functional medicine approach. And this is a gentleman, his name's Dr. Doug Pucci, and he's been practicing for over 30 years in the New York City area. And he was honored this year to receive both the best of 2020 awards for functional medicine in New Jersey and trademark publications, Top Doctors of America for his pioneering work. And welcome to The Holistic Navigator, Dr. Douglas Pucci. Thank you so much, Mr. Jones. I'm so pleased and happy to be here today on your podcast. Looking forward to a really, really good discussion. Well, this to me is life-changing information. And because we have to be empowered in, in, in any area of life, but I think even more so in the uh, uh, subject of health, because if we just rely on total conventional knowledge and wisdom, uh, we are missing a big piece of a toolbox that actually helps to create healing. And I, I know I want you to kind of give a little bullet point of, you know, what do you define functional medicine as? But before you do that, I want to say that, you know, I've been doing or studying and having a passion for exactly what you speak about since 1979 when I first began this journey. But I remember being in the late 1990s, someone had who knows how and when, uh, certainly way before the real internet age, but I had gotten a cassette tape from Jeffrey Bland. And I know you know him probably very well. 
And right. I, I joined his Institute for Functional Medicine back in the late 90s. And we would get a cassette tape every month of all of his teachings. And I ended up going to uh, some, uh, some of his three-day trainings in Florida with a physician friend of mine. And I just ate it up with every single minute. I could not wait to listen to those tapes and go on those trips. And I just think Jeffrey Bland was a game changer for this whole whole uh, aspect of functional medicine. So uh, tell tell the listeners Mm -hmm. what you define functional medicine as. Well, um, you know, again, as you said, I'm in this, I'm in this practicing for 30 years and I didn't get into functional medicine overnight. It took a long time before I got here. Um, But like a lot of, you know, doctors searching for better answers, my career actually began as a chiropractor. Um, and as a chiropractor, I entered the world because I really, I, I liked the philosophy of chiropractic, right? The philosophy of chiropractic was that we understood that the, the body had an innate intelligence. The body was geared to be well, was to be healthy. Uh, as a chiropractor, you looked at what the interferences were. It wasn't allowing the body to actually fully express itself. And through the adjustments, you would clear neurological interference and allow the brain to communicate with the body and the body communicate with the brain. Uh, and that was really what jazzed me about chiropractic, and I got into the chiropractic field. Um, unfortunately, I think, you know, when I'm looking back at this, uh, you know, when I got into the real world as a chiropractor, I was excited about it, and I had to start dealing with insurance companies. Uh, the insurance companies told me that I was going to practice differently. They told me that I was going to be a back pain doctor. <laughs> mm. And I was like, well, that's not, what I, that's not what I signed up for. I signed up for this holistic approach of wellness. And they're like, well, I'm going to be a back pain doctor. So I had to go into that world and start treating people with back pain. And I quickly was learning that I was getting so frustrated. It was like, even though I was learning so many different techniques and with a really good adjuster and stuff, it always perplexed me as to like, what was the differences and why some people responded quite favorably to the chiropractic treatment and other people, you know, modestly, or some people didn't respond well at all. Like what really differentiated these people? Um, and as I started to, you know, delve deeper into it, I began to realize that so many of these people had so many other underlying inflammatory conditions. They had hormone imbalances. They had thyroid dysregulation. They had blood sugar problems like prediabetes or diabetes. Uh, they were riddled with gut infections. And so these, these, these underlying issues were really at the precipice of creating the complications that wasn't allowing the person to respond to these treatments. Um, now I had a background in clinical nutrition coming out of, uh, out of college and as chiropractic college, but in the state where I practiced, uh, which was New Jersey for so many years is that the scope of practice didn't allow us to do nutrition. Um, uh, but I decided to go back to school to go deeper into my studies into how I can help people. My first venue was in uh, the field of functional neurology, that word functional. So um, what that meant was um, I went back and we started to look and study the brain and how it actually applied, how it functioned. Um, if I can put that more into layman's you know, terminology is, you know, in today's world, uh, if you go to a neurologist and they do a MRI of the brain, you know, what they're really looking for is disease. They're looking for pathology. How, do we see signs of a tumor? Do we see signs of a stroke? If they don't see that, for all intents and purposes, the MRI is marked as negative. It's negative for that disease process. 
But we do have today what are called functional MRIs. And a functional MRI is an MRI imaging whereby the, the person, the patient, is undergoing activities. And so the MRI is actually taking a live interpretation of how that brain is firing and functioning, communicating, and where we can see weaknesses or imbalances. So as a functional practitioner, we learned how to test the brain through eye movements and balance and sensory inputs and begin to see where there were certain weaknesses in the brain. And then I started to approach all of my chiropractic patients from a brain perspective. And it was eye-opening. It was eye-opening because I began to realize that so many of these structural problems were really upstream problems with the brain. And if we didn't come in and start trying to rehab the brain and exercise the brain and get the weak area stronger, is we really couldn't get command over the structural problems in the spine. However, as I started to get more and more into functional neurology, is quickly we began to realize, I began to realize that the brain is an incredibly energy demanding organ. More than any other organ in the body, your brain consumes more energy. And so many people have, again, these underlying issues, whether it's hormone imbalances, blood sugar problems, uh, gut infections, uh, so many things that was compromising energy at a cellular level and therefore compromising the fuel that the brain needed to function. And so if you were coming in and doing all the correct therapeutics to try to make the brain stronger, more balanced, in some ways you were making the patient weaker or worse because you were exceeding their metabolic capacity. You were exceeding their capacity energy-wise to perform things. And so I was desperately in need to go deeper into how I could start to resolve these problems. And so I had to go back to school um, and I had to start getting involved in this world of functional medicine and start looking at the body from a different perspective. So to go back to your original question, Ed, which is really what is functional medicine? It really is, functional medicine I think is was birthed, don't quote me, I would say maybe about 20 years ago. Um, and it was really birthed out of a desperate need uh, to 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 really resolve these unresolvable issues that were really plaguing so many people, especially Americans. Um, meaning that um, what most, but what's really plaguing Americans collectively is what we call chronic degenerative diseases, right? Meaning that uh, anything that, any symptom that is persisting for a minimum of six months or longer, and most people's symptoms are plaguing them for years, if not decades. Right? That is chronic in nature, and it is degenerating, whether it's degenerating to the nervous system, whether it's degenerating to the musculoskeletal system. And, and, and medicine, the traditional allopathic model, has literally no answer for it. Right? They just don't. They know that. They admit to it. Right? And there's no training there. Medicine, allopathic medicine, the, 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 the teaching, the schooling, is geared towards acute intervention. Right? And so very simply, it's like I always tell people, if you're having a heart attack, don't come to my office. You, know, you go to the emergency room. That's where you need to go to save your life. But they're not answering the question as to what led to the heart attack. And more importantly, what are you going to do post, you know, the post heart attack? And I can go back to a personal experience that I share with, with my patients and people alike is, you know, I going back, I think it was in the early 2000s is my dad um, had to go in for bypass surgery. Um, he was started with prostate cancer and one thing led to another, and then they couldn't proceed with this because they had to go and do bypass surgery. And so, uh, we, my mom and my dad and myself were meeting with the uh, cardiovascular surgeon in this hospital, in this brand new, beautiful 
uh, wing of the hospital that was built. And we're waiting to meet with the surgeon to go over the procedures and what the expectations were. And as we're sitting here, of course, my mom and my dad were very nervous. I'm walking around this rotundrum and I'm reading all the brochures and magazines. And I couldn't help but be observing that, that, these, that these brochures were basically stating that the hospital was so proud. They were so proud that they had built this multi-million dollar wing to what they call meet the demands of the community. And I stood there dumbfounded and saying to myself, this is how they do it. This is how this is medicine. The way that they meet the demands of the rising, you know, escalate of cardiovascular disease is by building a bigger wing, so they could do more bypass surgeries. Mm-hmm. They're not answering the question as to what is causing cardiovascular disease in the first place, and how do we prevent that? And that really is really at the root of functional medicine. I kind of use that word root <laughs> because that's what functional medicine is looking for the root cause. Or I should say causes plural contribute to disease. If we turn and we look at neurodegenerative diseases, especially Alzheimer's, which is such a great concern as baby boomers are getting into this, you know, this period in their lives where the expectation for Alzheimer's disease is going to double over the next 25 years, right? We know that there really is no drug out there for it. And there really isn't going to be a drug out there for it because we know that Alzheimer's disease, like all cognitive changes, all forms of dementia is a multi- factorial disease, meaning what? There are many, many, many factors that are contributing to these cognitive changes. And therefore, there has to be a multi-factorial approach in order to prevent that. And if I just stay in that campaign of dementia and Alzheimer's, okay, this is the research. This is not me. This is not my opinion. This is research telling us that they know that these changes that leads to the final diagnosis of Alzheimer's begins approximately 30, 20 to 30 years before an individual is given a diagnosis. There are basically seven stages to Alzheimer's, seven stages, right? The majority of people that I see in my practice, whether they are coming into me for dementia or not, are already in what we call stage four. When you get to stage six and seven, okay, it's a little too far gone for intervention from my perspective, right? But the problem in medicine is that medicine doesn't do any diagnosing of this condition until you're in stage six and seven. So by the time, by the time you're given a diagnosis, it's really, it's, it's too late in the game. So you want to start addressing these underlying conditions much earlier, right? And that really, I don't know if I kind of can't explain that, over-explain that, but again, med- uh, functional medicine, uh, in light of what you're saying about Dr. Jeffrey Bland, really we can kind of consider him the father of this really, is it really, you know, we really found that there was just a tremendous need to dig deeper, to understand the fundamentals of health, to dig into the, the underlying root causes that leads to these degenerative changes, right? I use a very simple example with lots of my patients also when I ask them about blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure, right? We don't want high blood pressure because high blood pressure is pressure banging against the arteries and it's going to cause damage to those arteries. So we don't want high blood pressure. If you go to your medical doctor for what's the treatment, right? This is very simply, we're going to put you on a drug or, or, or several combinations of, uh, of, of blood pressure lowering drugs. And does the medication work? Yes, it does. It will lower your blood pressure. But if you ask your doctor, when can I get off the blood pressure medication? The answer is very simple. Is it not? Never. They tell you you're on it for life, which begs the question, why? Mm-hmm. Why would I need to be on it for life? 
And the answer is simply because the medication is not addressing the underlying root cause of what is causing the blood pressure. Your blood pressure does not go up for no reason, right? Again, if you and I had had to run across the road and catch the train and we took our blood pressure, the blood pressure would be elevated. That would be appropriate. You need the pressure to go up in order to move oxygen through your body and get nutrients through your body so your muscles can perform and do their job. But if we were just sitting around in a very relaxed state and we take our pressure and it's quite elevated, we would say that that's inappropriate. But there's something or things plural that's causing that to happen. And medicine doesn't ask why or try to discover it. So I, Ken, it's I, like I love that. Good. You you have so nailed it so perfectly, Dr. Pucci. I, again, I've, I've said so many of these things in, in little bits and pieces over my last 90 episodes, but... You know, I think Dr. Mark Hyman one time said that conventional medicine is about the what and functional medicine is about the why. And your example of the hospital wing is so appropriate. And, you know, I think you see this. The There's a lot of the public who can't put this thought pattern together about what you're saying, but they have this intuition that mm -hmm. there's something broken in the system. When your blood pressure analogy exactly People know that there are ways to uh, uh, increase and improve the ability of the body to function on all levels. And again, I go back and I want to give it, uh, my personal advice to everyone listening. There's you need your regular conventionally trained healthcare professional. I have great respect for all the work they did and they save lives. But if you think that you're going to age gracefully and get to the root of almost any problem by going to them, you are sadly mistaken. You you know, we have to be educated by people like Dr. like yourself and all the other hopefully growing amounts of, of, of people. You know, I spoke to a, a group about two years ago. It was a medical group. And I don't normally get invited to speak at these because I'm an outcast and I'm certainly, you know, kind of a weirdo guy. But uh, it was a group that was coming to get continuing education. It was and it had to do with a, a vascular uh, uh, conference uh -huh. is what it was. But they wanted right. the one person there, the, the wife of the head physician is really into kind of the same thinking I am. So I was invited and I remember so well. And you know how when you speak, you can sometimes instantly pick up the vibes of the public. Well, I started my speech was 15 minutes long and I had spoke the year before on something else and it went well. But this time I started with the explanation of functional medicine. I have never spoke in front of a group that that I swear 70 percent of them looked at their desk after I said that word. They will not accept it. Uh, many people in, in the field of conventional medicine, I think they're being told that it's it's quackery and that that they don't need to address this. And it's very uh, upsetting to me because you you re revealed the common sense of it. This isn't rocket science common sense. This is freaking basic grandmother common sense that you get to the root of the problem. You have a splinter in your foot. You don't just take painkillers and put a germ killer on it. You remove the freaking splinter. So tell me, when a patient comes into you, and again, I looked at your website. I love everything you write and the, the videos you do. And I want to tell people, uh, and at the end, please inform them uh, how to get to your website. But you have these many courses, and I am all right. about empowering with education. And I want to encourage people who are listening uh, to, at the end of this, to, to write down your website. But these many courses you sign up for, and you get, uh, I think, 
think one a week or something. And they're so well done, uh, doctor. I was just super impressed. But, uh, you know, I know you have patients who come to you, like a lot of the people who ask me questions. Gut health is at the root of so okay. many of our issues. Don't you agree with that? I, I do. I, I do agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, if I can expand a little bit, uh, when you were talking, my head's going in so many different directions and thinking about things that I would like to contribute to your audience here. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, let me stay on track with what you just said, but yeah, a lot of people in the functional medicine will always go back to the gut. The gut is it. It's going, it goes back to Hippocrates, right? He said, look to the gut for all disease, all these uh, hundreds of years later. Uh, but as we speak today, right, there is what is known as the human uh, microbiome project that is going on. And scientists, geneticists are looking at the gut in ways they never have looked at it before. Uh, certainly technology allows them to do these things. Um, and it and it's con- concurring. We know that the, the gut is the precipice for everything. Uh, but really, again, it's like all systems are interrelated, right? So we know that the gut and the brain are interrelated through the vagal nerve. So there's what is called a gut-brain axis. What I explain to patients, um, and, and like what you're saying is why I've created these video series and these tutorials is because I think there is a lot of power in information. When I work with my patients too, you actually speak to my patients, they'll tell you that I'm a gas bag and I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. But, I, but, I, but I do tell people that it, to me it's so important that you, you understand the whys and the what's of what you're doing. If I go over a blood test with patients, it may take me 45 minutes to review their blood test, which is because I need them to fully understand the blood test so they understand the actual steps of what they're doing. If we're reviewing a, a gut microbiome test, right, we spend an hour and I go into deep detail explaining things to them because if, they un- if, they, if I can explain it, they can understand it, they're empowered. And they're more likely then to follow through and get the results that they're looking for. You don't get that in medicine, right? You just get like, okay, go do this. Uh, mm-hmm. But information is really a, a, a very powerful tool. Again, going back to the gut. So we know that really uh, in functional medicine, we'll talk to you, we'll explain that there is what is known as a super system. And that super system is known as the neuroendocrine immune super system. Well, they call it NEI for short. And what that really means more in English is neuro refers to your brain. Endocrine refers to your hormones. That means all your hormones. So it includes your steroid hormones like estrogens and testosterone and progesterones. It includes thyroid hormones, but it includes stress hormones like cortisol. So the entire hormone system. And your your 80% roughly the estimate of your immune system is in your gut. And so it's really a gut organ. So you, I mean, it's an immune organ. So you have a brain, hormone, gut, slash immune super system. It's one system. You can't have an imbalance in one part of that and not have an imbalance someplace else. You cannot have the thyroid dysregulation or be diagnosed with hypothyroidism and not have poor functioning gut problems or underperforming immune system and also a slower sluggish brain. You can't have problems with the gut or dysbiosis in the gut or infections in the gut or food reactivities in the gut and that not be a contributor to your hormone imbalance and or to your brain issues. It is one integral system. And I also think that, you know, being at this for a long time is that, you know, knowing a lot of doctors that are in the functional medicine world, um, you know, there are functional doctors and there are functional doctors like anything else. 
Um, and I find that so often that there t- people tend to, or some doctors will tend to try to focus on just one thing. We're just going to work on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes it's leaving the patient disappointed with the results because you really can't work on one thing at a time because there's all feedback loops. These systems are cross communicating. Right? Right. So and you have to work on all of it simultaneously. Everyone, we wanted to pause for just a moment and tell you about our sponsor this week, and that is Mount Angel Vitamins. And one product they have in particular, their quercetin and zinc. Now, quercetin is a powerful antioxidant, but it does a lot more than that. You know, quercetin is something that's kind of under the radar screen, and I have witnessed its wonderful effects on lowering histamine response. What does that mean? It means people who have the springtime and other seasonal allergies tends to feel much better if they preload with a good dose of quercetin. Of course, quercetin with zinc has been used a lot in the news media recently uh, because when quercetin affects the zinc, it allows the body to absorb more of it, which helps to prevent the re- reproduction of viruses. So it's extremely important right now. We've sold more quercetin and zinc in the past three months and I did in the past 13 years. Yeah, and Mount Angel actually has a really unique formulation that you should check out. Um, in addition to zinc and quercetin, that actually contains bromelain, stinging nettles, vitamin C, and vitamin D3. So not only are you getting the benefits that Ed mentioned before, but it's actually a really nice immune booster as well. And they all work synergistically to give you a great immune response. So be sure to check it out. That's Mount Angel Vitamins, their quercetin and zinc products. And if you want to learn more, you can actually visit mountangelvitamins.com. That, that is right. something that, of course, conventional medicine really, and I use this analogy a lot, they actually treat the patient often like a Ford F-150 truck. You come in and you've got a complaint, and so all of a sudden, uh, well, here's the mechanism, what's going on, and here's a drug to alleviate that symptom. But you, and and I certainly have my whole life believed that there's such a massive interconnection downstream and upstream of everything, which makes us different than that Ford F-150 completely. You you can change a carburetor in a Ford F-150 and it won't affect any other parts uh, downstream or upstream. It just fixes the one broken system. Now, if your leg's broke, that's different. But if you have a chronic health condition, we have to have individuals like yourself who can take the First off, the correct test, you're not going to get those at the normal conventional uh, system. In fact, many of those conventional uh, practitioners don't even have accounts with the right labs to do the right labs, like Great Plains and all, all these other places. Right. And, and then right. and then secondly, interpreting those, because it is a big roadmap. And I, I there's probably not a way for an individual patient client, unless they're really, really super uh, educated to, to do it on their own. So I really, again, want to put people in front of those professionals like yourself who can do online consults consultations and can help people from any distance. And I know that you you do right. that. So we want to make sure we connect at the end here with the right information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I did I a, I'm sorry. I did a podcast uh, just a few months ago with Dr. Lavalley on interpreting blood work. That is so important to know that if you live in the normal reference ranges of blood work, 
you're going to be normally unhealthy. You have to be in the optimal right. ranges and you have to see all of the implications of how this one affects that one. And you, you a guy like you, I mean, you've got the experience to do it. So what, uh, you know, where does a person go? Like, I know there's a lot of, um, what can they do on their own at this point? Or do you have any advice for people who understand this philosophy? They're not really unhealthy by any means. They just want to optimize their future health. Uh, is someone like you still a valuable asset for them to consult for just basic information? Uh, yeah, certainly there is. Um, we see, you know, all walks of people with different interests. I mean, the, the, the majority of people that I do see um, typically have been to numerous other doctors. Mm -hmm. I'm not the first doctor that they come knocking on the wall door. They, they usually have seen, you know, uh, eight, nine, 10 different doctors. Uh, in all honesty, lots of times too, they've also been to other integrative or functional doctors. And that's always fascinating to me. That's what I was kind of leading to before. It's like, so, you know, they'll come into my office. They've been to other doctors. They, 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 they even run all these functional lab tests and they just drop them on my desk. Here's all these functional lab tests. And it's like, well, okay, well, why are you not getting any changes or improvements or results? Um, and a lot of it has to do with not just the lab tests. It's like, you, as, you, as you alluded to, is that it's knowing what to do with the tests. It's knowing how to interpret the tests, right? And I also tell people that even with all these functional lab tests, as great as they are, there's lots of great labs out there. There is no one test. There's no one mm -hmm. test that's going to give you all the answers, right? You have to be able to synthesize through these tests. Right, and even even that, you still have, you're still working with someone, so you have to be observant of their symptoms and their signs and what they're doing. So you look at a test, you you take actionable steps, but how is the person responding, right? And and, and that's kind of the key point. That's where the skill level comes, right? So a doctor that, but I guess they can say, you know, more years under their belt gets a little bit more learning, looking be able be able to kind of see through these things and read between the lines a little bit. It helps to direct patients. In the medical model, as you know, right, if you, like, let me just take, you know, like depression as an example. Depression, right? So from a functional perspective, with doctors in functional medicine, you don't look at depression as a diagnosis or a disease, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we really look at it as a symptom. Now, I get that there were some genetics involved in all those different things. That's too much for today's conversation, but, you know, because we do genetic testing for things, but. But the point is, is that we really look at it, right? And, and we said before about the gut. So we know that there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. And so, you know, gut imbalance is inflammation. The gut can lead to certainly inflammation in the brain. So their gut imbalance can be a contributor to the exacerbation of their depressive states or their, or their anxiety. This is even research. This is, not, again, not my opinion. Several years ago, research says that we now know where Parkinson's disease starts. It starts in the gut. They tell you it starts in the gut, mm -hmm. right? And goes up the vagal nerve and then causes changes to the brain chemistry and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so the majority of people that I see, I've been to numerous doctors, they're getting frustrated. All they're being told is one more drug, one more drug. They're tired of the drugs. They don't like the side effects. Um, most doctors, because they really can't figure out what the root problem is, they kind of label them as being depressed and want to put them on antidepressants, right? And the patient, you know, the patient knows they're not depressed. They know they're just not finding the right doctor, getting the right answers. That's the typical patient that I see. But even for those people that are just looking to up-level their health and their well-being, um, I have, you know, quite a few people like that. It's great because 
using functional lab tests is a nice window into seeing where there are some imbalances and where you can make some improvements. I run these lab tests on myself every year. I do a stool analysis twice a year. I run my hormone testing you know, twice a year. I run what's called a neutral valve test at least once, if not twice a year. And I do these things, even though I live a, what I would consider to be a pretty healthy lifestyle. My diet is an anti-inflammatory diet and I exercise regularly. And I do all these kinds of things that I try to get my patients to do. I try to leave from the front. But even with all that, I still have my genetics. Right? And then I do these tests and they give me an opportunity to see where I'm kind of drifting off course a little bit. And then I can kind of come in and make some adjustments. And maybe I change my diet a little bit, or maybe I change my supplement routine for a little bit. And maybe I got to go a little bit heavy on, on maybe specific probiotics and get away from certain other things. But it's just, I use the, the lab testing as a, as a compass to help steer my ship and keep it moving on course. And that's really being more proactive. Uh, so everybody can benefit from a functional perspective. That was wonderful explanation that explains uh, the importance of exactly what you're saying, because most people, they basically wait until they're halfway falling off the cliff before they actually take action. And I speak about there's a window of opportunity for healing that we sometimes can have for quite some time, but the door will eventually shut and we need to access the window as best we can. And I love the analogy that it's it's like a compass and we don't, you know, you're not waiting until you have very gross, acute symptoms. And I'm like you, I, you know, tweak myself. I tend to be a self-admitted hypochondriac. So I have to be cautious about not falling into, oh, I've got to test this and test every single thing. So I've decided to not do many tests, but I uh, I do enough. I do the right ones. I do also know that people like yourself are very uh, cautious about the supplement companies you recommend. And, and I know that NutritionW.com uh, is part of the sponsor of the Holistic Navigator and at Nutrition W, I mean, they carry, they vet everything. They have brands like Thorne and Metagenics and make sure that the, that things are ice packed when they're sent. I mean, you have to also rely on the credibility of the practitioner for the remedies they will recommend because you can't just tell somebody, go take a certain herb or supplement and expect them to walk into Walgreens and get the right product. But the, the big last question, and I know many people ask this of me constantly, and I wish I could use the yes word, but I can't. Insurance is not friendly to functional medicine, is it? It's ca- uh, mainly no, cash it's only. Not. Yeah, mainly cash only, right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, like typically if people have insurances, yeah, I mean, the answer would be like if we're running blood workup, typically blood is covered through insurance. Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at functional labs, these are boutique labs, they're doing very specialized work. Uh, no, they're out of network with insurance companies. So basically tell people that, that it's not covered uh, because from my work, um, the insurance companies, you know, they, they, they're not in denial of functional medicine, but it's not, they don't cover it. Uh, so it really is uh, uh, an investment by the person. And that's why it has to be important enough for that person. Um, it has to be, you know, they're going to prioritize that. But um, and if you really think, when I really think about it, though, and, and, then, and the key word here is investment. <laughs> People often come in, they want to know what it costs. Right? And my <laughs> cost, right? When you think about cost, there's a depreciation. Your car costs money. You drive it off the lot and it drops down 40%. Right? It costs you something. But an investment, when you put money, you invest it, you expect a return. And you expect your return to be greater than what you put in. 
right? And your health is your investment. And really, it's a small investment when you think about the huge return when you're getting back the quality of life, right? When your energy is returning and your brain is functioning sharper, right? We know that people that have that are healthier, it's been proven in the science, people that are healthier are do economically better. They make better decisions. They tend to get promotions, right? Mm -hmm. They just do better because their brains are working better, right? It's, you're making a, an investment. And, and really, when you look at it, is that the, 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 it's, it's, it's far from cost prohibitive. It's far from cost prohibitive. I mean, you look at functional lab tests, um, you know, you're talking about a couple hundred dollars for a test. Now, we, when I work with patients, we have to meet people where, where they're at. Everybody comes at it from a different financial perspective. We understand that. Uh, not everybody wants to take a lot of supplements. We understand that. So part of what you got to do, what I need to do is to is to recognize who the person is, recognize what they can and cannot do, right? and try to structure something around them to give them benefit, right? Um, if they can't afford a lot of different supplements, we got to try to prioritize and find which ones are going to give them the biggest bang for the buck, right? Mm -hmm. if, we, if, we, if they can't put money towards, you know, five different tests, is there one or two tests that can give us a lot of value? Certainly there is. Um, I have, that's just my experience. I've you know, learned this. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to compare myself with other doctors that everybody has their way of doing things. But I often hear that people sometimes go to a functional doctor and they walk in and the doctor wants to run like six different lab tests. And it, when it costs them like thousands and thousands of dollars and they don't come back into all the labs are in, which may take four to six weeks. And so nothing's being done. And then when they come back, the doctor's got to sit down for 45 minutes and give them the answers to, you know, six different lab tests. And then kind of send them out with a boatload of supplements. I just don't think that kind of concept really works. Um, it'd be better to see where the person is at, make a decision collectively with that patient as to which one or two tests, maybe a three, uh, would give us the best answers to stop moving them in the right direction. Right? I always like to try to tell people that the way I like to work with patients is you macro-manage before you micromanage. Meaning, like meaning macro Macro manage, yeah, macro managing is you really got to sit down and decipher, you know, their lifestyle, their dietary habits, sleep habits, exercise habits, stress management. You, know, you have to look at these things. These things have to be addressed and you have to work with that patient to help them to find some better solutions and improvements in all those areas, all right, before you get into the details of micromanaging them, right? You're not going to take a supplement that's going to, you know, block your world if you if you can't make any changes with your diet, you cannot continue to eat an inflammatory diet and think you're going to supplement your way out of that. It's just not going to happen, right? And so you you have to really work with all the various ends with people too, even on the emotional ends too. And and, and that's why collectively sometimes people need to have other partners in their in their care process, right? Um, I'm not the only person. Sometimes I like to be part of their team. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm the only doctor, but sometimes I'm just part of the bigger team. And as you said earlier, you know, it's, it's not always about not including a medical doctor, right? If you need to be on blood pressure medication, you need to be on the blood pressure medication, right? We're not taking you off that. But at the same token, if you get healthier and your blood pressure drops, eventually you may not need to be on the blood pressure medication. Well, you right? know, that your, like your kind of conversation gives hope to these people who have been cornered by the normal prescription writing uh, frenzy that goes on in most medical practices. And I love the fact that you classified the 
the money being spent as an investment, you know, that can actually switch the mental path and thinking of people instead of them feeling disheartened by the money. You actually are, the more you spend, the more you're going to get back in certain ways. And I will say, because we're going to have to close it out here, but I've got enough experience of 43 years dealing with many physicians. And you're exactly right. Sometimes in all categories of life and business and health, there are those who who, I don't know, they seem to be more profit-driven than I would be comfortable with. And those are sometimes in the functional world where exactly what you said, the patient comes in, they're going to spend $2,000 on all these tests, nothing happens for six to eight weeks, and then they get bombarded with this massive amount of information that just twirls their head. And I've seen too many people who get frozen at that state, and I love the fact how you 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 did the, the macro-managing uh, before micromanaging. I, I just, you know, Oh, Jeffrey Bland will be proud of you, Doctor. Uh, I can tell you that. He, he, I know him well enough to know. Why don't you, if you don't mind, tell listeners if they wanted to consult with you or learn more about your practice, uh, including little mini courses, how would they go and what website would they go to, please? Yeah, thank you, Fred. Uh, my website is it's, it's getwell-now. That's G-E-T-W-E-L-L, middle dash. Don't forget the dash, now.com. And with a backslash or slash uh, video series, uh, that will instantly take you to this mini course. Um, yeah, it used to be set up where those uh, videos would roll out like one a day, but we've actually you know, changed that so that we're kind of thirsty. We got feedback. They were kind of thirsty. They wanted to kind of go through all of it in one sitting. We said, great. And so we made it more available that you can kind of go through as many videos at one time as you, as you please. So there's a lot of free information, free resources that we're constantly putting up on this website and we keep redoing the, the website to make it as much uh, informative for the consumer as possible, right? We always feel that, you know, our audience uh, is, is, is informed and getting information, they're gonna tend to make better decisions. And that's the first goal. We wanna help you to make better decisions. And I'm always available too. Uh, we do offer uh, people that are interested a free, what we call a strategy or discovery call with me. It's about 20 minutes. There's no obligation. There's no cost. Uh, you can just set up a time to sit down and speak with me. We can talk about your health issues, what your health concerns are, uh, see if we can give you some good guidance and see if what we do is really the right fit for you. Uh, and again, that's no obligation. So those are different ways that we can get in touch with me. Man, 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 it's been a wonderful 40, 45 minutes, Dr. Pucci. And I, I think, again, I, I feel very honored that you did take your time to do this, but I'm also feeling so good about the fact that we are further empowering the client patient to not feel frozen and to know there are op options and alternatives to uh, the terrible things that happen in aging. I mean, I speak it constantly. The number one side effect in our life is getting old, and we don't have to uh, accept it fully. Uh, yes, Father, time will always have its way in the end. But, you know, I know that you may agree with me with this. There's a lot of people that are 50 today that really are like the old 70-year-olds. And yes, we are living a lot of years. There's no doubt. Our life expectancy is hanging in there pretty well. But a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, they quit breathing at 80, but they actually stopped living about 50 uh, because the quality right. of life, the anxiety, the depression, the poor sleep the and it's become so the norm that they actually think that they're 
they're kind of average and it's okay. It's not okay to be this dysfunctional. I'm 63 years old. Uh, I don't have every good day. I am a little bit of a chronic insomniac, but 90% of my days are very functional. I can do what I want. I work out in the gym like a crazy man five days a week. I fly small airplanes. Mm-hmm. I do all the things I, that life has mm-hmm. given me to do, and I still can do them with clarity. And And that comes because I've embraced this lifestyle. It didn't come because I had good genes because I only have average genes. So people like you have been a, a, a continued motivation for me, and I want all the listeners to, act, to make sure that they uh, access your services if they are in a town that they don't have the trusted team member like yourself. And I have a really good BS meter. And I, it, and I can tell you're the real deal. And I uh, just uh, hope that uh, Thank you. that you and, um, and I can continue to perhaps do this maybe every six months and continue to yeah. help each other on every avenue we can. So thank you, Dr. Pucci, for your time. And I, again, like I always speak, uh, separate the world into two classes of people, learners and non-learners. If you're listening to my the Holistic Navigator, you obviously are a learner or you wouldn't be doing this. So join us next week for another exciting and informative uh, episode of The Holistic Navigator. Thank you to everyone. The information on this podcast and the topics discussed have not been evaluated by the FDA or anyone of the medical profession. It is not aimed to replace any advice you may receive from your medical practitioner. The Holistic Navigator assumes no responsibility or liability whatsoever on behalf of any purchaser or listener of these materials. The Holistic Navigator is not a doctor, nor does he claim to be. Please consult your physician before beginning any health regimen.